Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Second Chances. My name is Lulu Cameron, and I have my favorite host. My name is Nikini Marsden. And today we are bringing forward an episode um, that discusses the human toll of crime and incarceration. Um, violent crimes and victims experience trauma that is not often short-lived. The constant grappling with fear and anxiety, always on guard and hypersensitive to sudden movement, noise, or change in the mood of any kind of given environment one finds themselves in. Once a person's sense of security is put in jeopardy, it can often affect the individual's ability to move forward in life hence becoming a prisoner to their own fears. This emotional and psychological trauma that results from being victimized in some shape or form can often affect a person's interpersonal relationships. One begins to lose trust in others to have their best interests at heart, suspecting any and everyone of some malicious motives. Depending on what motive, depending on what positive elements that are consist, consistently present in one's life to reinforce a sense of security, whether through a family or community support, many individuals suffer long lasting wounds of victimization without ever fully recovering. Thank you for joining us tonight. And we Rashid Edwards is an assistant therapist with over 10 years of experience in behavioral and success achievement strategies through speaking and coaching. He believes that the challenges plaguing the average individual is controlled by their perception and thinking related to their circumstances. Rashid's experience as a coach and hypnotherapist has taught him that we have unintentionally spent a lot of time programming our minds to work against us. Now it's time to program our minds for success. Rashid is the author of The Secret Commitment, a book outlining the seven key concepts to goal achievement and transformation. He is also a certified trauma professional with a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling. Thank you and welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today, Coach Edwards. Greetings. Good evening. Thank you for having me. My next guest is one of my favorite people that I have come to learn and get to know. Her name is Rukaya Abdul Mutakaleem. She is such a beautiful soul. She is the founder of the Musketeer Association. And the way that we kind of come in contact with such an amazing heart is through trauma in itself. When I learned about the story of her son's passing from um, brutal killing um, that took place in 2015, um, I immediately felt compelled to connect with her and, and hear more about all of the work that she's doing in her community. Uh, she's taken on so many different components of the community in order to be a leader, um, a guide, the, the hands and feet of God on earth, um, in order to help foster people um, healing, 
from their traumatic experiences and also um, love, which is something that a lot of people do not receive on a regular basis, especially from an, a complete stranger. So it's an honor to have you here with us today. It's an honor to um, be someone that is in your immediate uh, circle as of lately. And um, I look forward to the conversation we'll be able to discuss. Um, everyone, it is my honor and pleasure. You truly, truly indeed humble me. Because no way do I feel even worthy of the words that she just described. However, I always strive to achieve that accolade that she lays upon me. I'm striving to achieve it. Well, I didn't mean to put anything on you that was too heavy. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I want, I actually went to, okay, I actually went to an event this weekend and it really touched my heart. It was a, it was a truce um, and it was hosted in Columbia, South Carolina by Minister Mark Hill and his wife, Tamika Hill and their team. And when I tell y'all that thing was the best event that I had ever been to. Organizing is in the community is really difficult because people will rather be disconnected from, from each other and from the truth. And they had a pastor, uh, Pastor Levy Lawrence out of Louisiana. His team came and they did a skit. And so I wanted to share that with you all before we open our dialogue so that we can share that with our, our listeners as well. And we can kind of take it from there. Hey, Doc! I ain't scared of these little boys with no cons. Some of y'all scared of your own children. 15, 16 years old. Now all of a sudden they run the house. You should have never been a parent. You done got you done got scared of what you pushed out. You should have never been a parent. I wish you would. Like my grandmother said, I'll knock your head off. Straight up. But you see, some of you parents want to outdo your children. That's the problem. You want to dress sexier than your daughter. You want a dog harder than your son. You smoke dope with your children. You get drunk with your children. You go to the club with your children. And you wonder why you ain't respected as a parent. Oh, you call your, you call your child a fat. Well, she see her mama being a hoe. If mama a hoe and she a fat, baby, you can't listen. I can't talk about the kettle black. So, we are all at fault. His uncle, you know where he earned the money? You know where he, uh, his uncle, his mama's brother, told him, you gotta wrap the hood, nephew. Nephew, you gotta. And I know that that can uh, be a little bit much, but it was a very real truth and it's real for a lot of people. Um, and I think that looking at it from the perspective of community and some people's situation and or experience can help us to connect and identify ourselves and also identify with other people's trauma and their pain. Um, 
What do you think about that, Coach Edwards? Um, so I, I can definitely appreciate his, you know, the skit and the way he chose to deliver his message. So just getting into trauma, um, trauma is a very complex subject, right? But uh, one of the things that I think is kind of good to know about trauma is that we can heal from trauma but we have to understand what has happened to us that caused the trauma or created the trauma. Um, I've, I've learned in, in my research and studies that um, typically the lower you go down the socioeconomic spectrum, the more likely that a person not only has one trauma, but multiple traumas in their lives. And so sometimes those who have been traumatized, they begin to feel that they are a magnet for more traumatic experiences. They feel like they're caught in the crossfire and things just continue to happen to them. They keep having more and more traumas. And so just looking at that um, that skit, I can kind of relate to it because I come from humble beginnings. I'm, from, I'm actually from North Carolina. Um, the majority of my family have some connection to the streets. And so understanding, you know, what goes on in the street, street politics and how it affects, you know, all of the families involved. I understand, I understand where he's coming from. We're kind of The skit opens the eyes. I'm not saying it opened the heart, but it opened the eyes. And yes, many of them that were at that event, I heard the comments and, 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 and at least acknowledging what he's saying to them, that's true. Though my approach would have been a little differently I respect every approach that people take to at least address the real enemy, and that is trauma. It is a disease. And if we keep, keep looking at it in any other way, we will never, ever eradicate the pandemic of trauma. That means our pandemic of crime will not decrease. So, the first step is to get the people's eyes open. If you can get their eyes open, you have a great chance of affecting their hearts. If you are standing on that truth and bringing the antibiotic and probiotic formula, the, va the vaccine to eradicate that disease. So yes, the skit opens their eyes and bravo for them. Kudos, as I say, they must keep it up. Absolutely. In your opinion, what method and approaches does your profession implement to address mental trauma um, and the overwhelming effects that it has on one's mental health? Okay. Coach Edwards, 
looks like Coach Edwards take that one. Okay. So um, trauma is approached in a multitude of different ways. Uh, now, in, in terms of therapy, you got different types of um, modalities. You got um, trauma-focused CBT, you've got EMDR, you've got, there are uh, no shortages of different modalities and different ways of addressing trauma. Um, but what I like to address about trauma is that oftentimes what I see in the mental health profession is that um, there is this notion that if you do enough talking about the trauma, you'll eventually heal it. I think talking is a path to healing it. Um, but as I view trauma, trauma is more of a, a mind-body type situation. Um, so in Bessel van der Kolk's book, The Body Keeps the Score, um, he refers to the body and he talks about somatic experiences, meaning how the mental, the psyche and the emotions affect and play things out in the body. As a hypnotherapist, one of the things I do is um, I help to resolve traumas, unhealed emotions and things of that nature at a core and a root sense. So typically my clients, once they've had, you know, their experience with hypnotherapy, um, it's not uncommon to see them do this, this sort of thing here, because what, what has happened is it didn't just happen where they had the mental process of freeing themselves or releasing or resolving the issue, but then it also resolved in the body. And so now they have the experience of releasing the, the, the physiological attachment and connection to the trauma because our bodies are basically the template or the, the easel, if you will, for our minds. And so the things that our mind conceives, it plays out in our bodies. And so when you talk about healing trauma, you want to make sure that you also are releasing and resolving it from your anatomy as well. And so I think that's a very important part of the whole healing process is that you don't only have the mental processes that occur, but you also have the um, the phys physiological, the physical somatic release. And that allows you to be able to truly um resolve it at the core and have, you know, have more control back over your mind and body. Okay. And is it possible to heal those traumatic experiences in the same location? Because I know a lot of people have issues actually leaving their, they experience a lot of trauma in their neighborhoods and they have issues actually leaving the neighborhood. Or for people that were formerly incarcerated, a lot of them have to return back to the societies in which they committed certain crimes where they also have trauma. So how is it that they're able to heal in the same communities or the same environments that they are subjected to? Um, so I guess healing is a subjective term and I'm not gonna question whether or not someone has or has not healed, right? Uh, but one of the things that I will say is it is important um, when you talk about growth or transformation, it's important that you first have some sense of stability. You have to stabilize before you can actually 
think that you'll be able to heal and to um to resolve issues and so when i think about um those who have been incarcerated returning to the same environment that they committed the crimes in the same environment that kind of honed all of the things that helped them to um, kind of move where they were i'm not going to say that you can't be free of that in that environment but you know it's kind of like you know the 12 steps one of the things they tell you is that uh, you can't return you know back to the place where you were doing the drinking or the drug use and think you're going to be good and that's no that's not a knock on the environment we make the environment so what i'm saying is is the way the people have used their resources in the environment is what the problem is it's not the environment but it's their connection to and how they've used resources in the environment and so in that regard a person would have to be they would have to be returning to the environment brand new in order to be able to survive and to maintain whatever yeah. success that they've had that's kind of how yeah. it that's a good answer <laughs> sorry about that rakaya what do you think about that I want to take it from a layman's point of view, because many of us, as much as we would like to hear, and we do like to hear what uh, a person has dedicated their lives to and became at their master's degree in or PhD in, it still doesn't always help us understand how we, the layperson, can deal with that, our own. And the, the, the way in which we phrase the wording of uh, healing the trauma. I prefer, and I've noticed that it does work with the people I, that I've come encounter with, is healing from the trauma and rising above it. Because you're always gonna remember the trauma. The purpose of it, of the memory that your mind has already now logged in, is a better, it, it is a better, uh, mechanism than even a computer. It's gonna always be there. You shouldn't really forget it, but how do you heal from it and then rise above it? I gave I give an example and I pray I don't go on too long because I know I'm not supposed to take up a whole lot of space and time, but I, I want people to take, uh, is what I do with a lot of the people who come to the Musketeer Association and to myself personally. Think of it as a cut on your finger. You're, you're in the kitchen, you're cutting, and then suddenly, oops, you have this cut. You stop everything you're doing and you treat it. Prayerfully, you treat it right. And you're treating this as a trauma because it is. And so the bleeding will stop and you put a Band-Aid around it. The Band-Aid eventually comes off, but you still feel the cut. And as you try to move to do something, you hit it, you, you draw it back every time until if you've treated it right one day without really noticing it you start moving out and you move out some more and you're no longer pulling back and you're stretching out and you're stretching out and you're starting to grow now and go forward but you remember what caused that cut you may even still see the cut but it doesn't hurt you know though 
that cut you'll not do again because you remember how you got it. So right. you avoid that. Trauma is like that. And it's not that you're supposed to forget it. You are supposed to heal from it and rise above it. While you're rising above it, you may be still healing, but that rising above it means you're going to be doing better things and you will avoid that which caused that problem in the first place. Your environment may not change. You're still in the same kitchen. You've got the same knife. You may be cutting the same vegetables, but you won't cut it the same way. Yeah. So I think on a layman's term, that's just a simple way in which I try to get people first to open their eyes and think about the trauma. Yeah. And I think I think it's important that we look at it from all perspective. Right. Mm -hmm. Because we have to have an understanding of what trauma is and how to move past it in order to do so. And if I don't know how to do that, then it's going to take, you know, because people will say, well, that's common sense. You know, you want to be, you want to take yourself out of the situation. You don't want to be a part of that lifestyle and you will remove yourself. But a lot of times people are doing what they know to do, what they've been raised to know and what they think is the right thing. And so that's, that's something that a lot of people don't wrap their heads around. A lot of times in a lot of different situations, people are victims before they are actually um, offenders of anything. And so when we look at um, how how I view trauma and how Coach Edwards or McKinney views trauma, it may be all different and it may be all across the speculum because we have different levels of understanding. But the, the key part and something that was said in the skit, um, the funeral is canceled, is that if we see people who don't understand and we don't try to help them or be a part of the solution, then we're just as much a part of the problem. Um, Rakaya, I would love to share a little snippet with the viewers right now um, of how you, you know, have handled um, so eloquently the the brutal killing of your son and how you have used it as the fuel to rise above your trauma and the fuel to help other people um, rise above their trauma as well. So I'll share that with us um, and then we can continue the conversation. They left him lying in the street in the gutter. What's the address of your emergency? In Thomasville. Somebody looked like they'd been shot in the head. Laying on the ground. People around till they heard a gunshot. I don't hate you. I can't hate you. It's not our way. Showing Rahma mercy, that is our way. And you were a baby, and you are still a child. His death was already ordained. 
maybe the purpose is to save your life because you're not going to be killed by this society. My family would like very much to be a part of your seeing a better way of life so that this does not repeat itself because I will always be a part of your life. Any life that you take is not just one life. It is all that is connected to that life. And what we want for them is not revenge. Revenge solves nothing. It will not bring back my son. You can only see how to help them when you have forgiven, truly from your heart. You are a powerful woman. Very powerful. That takes strength to sit in front of the people that have murdered your son and left him out in the, the street, the cold. Your child, your baby. I have a son. You know, we I'm pretty sure we all have kids, but and I'm a new mom, but just you know, seeing how you handle that situation, people need to know what you know and how to handle themselves in those kinds of situations and, and throughout life, because whatever it is that you possess within you is, is like, it's a gem. And people have to understand what it is that keeps you together and balanced. Because I feel like there's so much imbalance in people for why they're not even able to address certain traumas. That is powerful. And I'm sorry for your loss. Um, it never gets old for me. I've seen this video so many times. I do tell people that it took two years, not two years of me soul searching not to be angry. No. The first time I saw the boys in court because they caught them three months afterwards and then within six months were at juvenile court. I was totally shocked. Mm -hmm. They were babies. Baby face. If I, I saw every child, including my own grandchildren and children in their faces, and knowing what I know about how children are born, that shocked me because all children are born with five wonderful gifts, every child, and that we didn't put it in them. And it was given to us, those children were given to us with that gift. And those five things are, they're born with light in their eyes, joy in their voice, hope in their hearts, a curious mind, and they're always reaching up reaching, reaching, reaching. 
Now I knew, and I know that about every child, they could be born blind, short arms, no legs, joy. That child has no idea what's not there. All they know is they're happy, they're joyful, they got light, they got a lot of hope. And, and even if they got stubby arms, they don't know their arms are stubby, they're still reaching up. So when I saw those babies, I didn't say, why me? Well, why my son? I said, what happened to those children? They're not born lying, stealing, cheating, hating, racism. They're not born with weapons in their hands. What happened to them? Mm -hmm. And for two years, I tell you two years, I searched, I asked about them. And when I lifted up the curtain and I saw all that horror happening to children across the spectrum, my heart broke, literally broke because they didn't ask to be put into this world. And our responsibility, once we have them, whether you're 13 years old or you're 45 years old, or 99 having a child, your responsibility is to cherish that gift they've been given and show them how to reach for the universe to catch their star because they are our future. I could not, knowing how I, how I understood life, simple, it's not hard. It's not complex. It's not even difficult. Life is to be lived with love, with forgiveness, with humanity or humane behavior, and with a gratefulness. And if you're not doing that, what are you doing? And if you cannot forgive children, who can you forgive? I know why my son was in that community. I know what he was doing. Part of what I'm doing is to respect that he understood an Islamic way of life. Doesn't mean you have to be Muslim. It means you have to understand that you are spiritual people of the earth and that we are all connected and we come from one single cell. That innate law, how children are born, every child, rich, poor, black, white, blue, green, purple, checkerboard. I haven't met those yet, but I'm looking forward to it. They are to have the right to have love, to understand life, to strive for whatever gift they've been given, to reach up and do amazing things, catch their star. You have a beautiful child I haven't even met, young lady. And I promise you, if you keep this positiveness that you have in your heart, your child will rise and find a beautiful star waiting for them. And they will do amazing things. 
Well, thank you. Words of wisdom. Yes, definitely. Um, you can you you can always count on Rakaya to um, point out some of the most intricate parts of human growth and development. Um, the important things that are there and the important things that are missing. I think that um, it's really important that we identify with what trauma is and that we we give it a, a firm definition. So I don't know if you if you want to do that, um, Coach Edwards. Um, if you want to talk how you how you would define trauma, um, because I think it's important for us to address some of the traumas that happen to people in their childhoods that take them into adulthood, um, that kind of foster and develop the person that they become. Yes. So trauma is a condition that develops when something has uh, emotionally impacted an individual to the point that their brain or their mind is unable to process. And so it becomes a clinical issue um, that they're unable to process. So I think let me kind of explain that one of the main functions our brains does is that um, it works to constantly make sense of what's going on in our environment. And so it filters out millions and millions of bits of data to sort it out um, and to process where this input from my environment goes. Now, trauma is not a disorder, it's actually the way our brains are supposed to function, okay? Because a lot of times people say, well, PTSD, um, post-traumatic stress disorder, and it's you're not out of order when you're having and experiencing PTSD. This is the way our brains are designed. So what happens is when we've been impacted with trauma and our brains aren't able to process the information that's coming in from the environment, now another process occurs. Um, and so in the case of trauma, what happens is we typically have full brain access. During trauma, um, your prefrontal cortex, which is a part of your brain that deals with um, logic and analytical thinking, it deals with um, sorting information, it deals with your um, speech and language centers. It deals with your timing, all of those things. That part of the, that part of the brain it gets short circuited, and what happens is the default is that now you start to function from your primitive brain, which is at the back of the brain stem, and so that part of the brain is it's highly emotional and it's survival based. So. Think about, um, consider uh, what survival instincts look like. So sometimes survival instincts are very emotional. They're very impulsive. Um, they're very aggressive because survival is all about really neutralizing a threat. So when we're triggered into a traumatic response, it's how we are wired to be. And a lot of animals, they adapted different things. Um, the birds of the air, they adapted wings so that they could fly and be safe. 
Um, some animals adapt the gills so that they can go into the waters and be safe. We adapted the stress response, which allows us to unconsciously be aware of our environment. And when we feel a threat, kick in that stress response so that we can fight, flee or freeze, whatever we need to do to save ourselves. And so the trauma response is an adaptation of the stress response. I think it's important for us to, to understand that. Um, and even it's funny that you brought that up because even as I was going through, you know, researching how I wanted to kind of be able to, to discuss this today, I, I, I have in my notes some information about, you know, the I'm not sure how you pronounce it, the amygdala. amygdala. Uh, how do you say it? The amygdala. It's yes. the farming center. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I was, you know, we're right on the same wavelength as far as the importance of those things. And and just for anybody who doesn't know, um, you know, I was doing my own research. Um, that's the part of the brain which helps to stimulate uh, our fear response. And when it's stimulated, it tends to trigger aggressive behavior and put many in a fight or flight mode. Um so, I mean, it's just always interesting to learn something about yourself and the human body and how we respond to things um, or how we don't. And I guess maybe that ties into my next question. Um, what are some of the, um, I'll say, what have you discovered in your work, Coach Edwards, that um, to be like a common denominator for people struggling with an unfulfilled or unperformed life? social, emotional, occupational, et cetera. How do you um, or others in the profession attempt to address this need? So what, what I find is typically people have some unresolved negative emotions um, that have become so deeply rooted in who they are that they, they become unable to release. So to give some background, right? When we're born into this world at the point of conception until about five, six or seven years old, we're, we're going through an imprinting period. And essentially all that means is that every experience we have, it goes directly into our minds and it's printed into, for lack of a better term, the whiteboard of our minds, the chalkboards of our minds. And so, up to about five, six or seven years old, because our brains are on a slower brainwave frequency, all of the information comes in unchecked and unchallenged. Now, when we hit about five, six or seven years old, our brainwave frequency ramps up to a faster frequency. And this is where the critical mind develops. But the point that I'm making by this, by saying this whole imprinting period is that the imprinting that we have is like a mental map for who we are and how we interact and engage with our world. And so the interesting, I think the most interesting thing that I've come to learn about that is that we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are because of our mental map and our imprinting. And so when you consider those things, it makes sense that a lot of people speak about, well, this happened to me and that happened to me and I haven't been able to get over. Now it's kind of like, um, to some degree, you could say that these things are hard coded, 
But because they're hard coded doesn't mean that you can't change, you can't transform and you can't get over those things. It's just you have to have uh, the appropriate know how you have to know what's going on and how to deal with those things. But, you know, um, as as uh, Mrs. Uh, Abdul Muktak, Muktak, as she was saying, you know, you you can overcome the trauma, you can heal from the trauma and rise above it. It's just you have to understand how it works and how to do so. But it's possible for all of us. And I think one of the biggest things that I see with people who, again, aren't living a fulfilled life is that they feel like they're stuck. You know, one of the things about trauma is certain things will have this this whole scenario looping in their minds over and over again. And I say, remember, I talked about your timing center, your speech and language centers and things of that nature. So a lot of times people who have PTSD, when they have a traumatic trigger, they feel like they're right there in the experience again because your timing center has been affected. Sometimes people don't know how to articulate themselves because the trauma is so overwhelming, but speech and language center is affected. And so we could go down a list of different things about how people react. Uh, but it's this trauma, I just kind of reduce it to an unhealed negative emotion that is stuck physically in our minds and in our bodies. And I treat one trauma the same as I treat others in the sense that I understand that we can heal from these emotions, but we just have to know what we're doing and how to do so. It's one of the reasons why I like Second Chance. Second chances is in it's right in the frontal lobe of you. It's telling you every time you read it, you got a second chance. Don't deny yourself that. Like I said, that cut. You have to heal and the process of doing it the proper way. Well, then once you've done that, you may have a lot of cuts there because remember, the child came with no cuts, mm. absolutely none. The time in which, and, 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 and I deal with mostly the children. I do deal with the adults, but I advocate for the children because that is where they have still this opportunity to know that someone cares. Start, let's start the healing process with you. The adult, the child, the guardian can see how the child is healing. It will affect them. And you still try to bring them in by using the phrases, a second chance for you too. This is a second chance for you too. Mm-hmm. Now, I definitely, um, I agree with that for sure. We don't have any throw away people on this and on this show here. Um, the, the objective is um, to, help the United States of America to begin to right the wrongs um, of its systems um, and the systematic oppression that plagues many people. Um, And as you know, um, as the founder of South Carolina for Restorative Justice, my heart, um, you know, is there for those who are incarcerated. And I think that it's very important that we also understand that those adults 
who are still broken, who are stuck in the system, who have committed crimes or wrongdoing somewhere along the way, were once children um, who had experiences that they never healed from or were never taught how to overcome or rise above. And so what, what I often see and what I always try to encourage those who I do come in contact with is that, um, you know, your life matters just as much as mine. And that as long as we get up each day and we fight for ourselves, um, you know, I saw someone post earlier, I'm, I'll never give up on me, you know, and, and we have to have that mindset of continuing to fight through some of the dismay, because I can tell you, it can be a little bit disheartening um, when you talk to people who have been incarcerated since they were 18 years old, 16, 17, 18 years old, now they're 40 plus years old. And even if they are getting ready to return to society, even if they are trying to figure out what's next in their life, um, it's almost as though a prison has as even though it was supposed to be a place of reform and rehabilitation, you've kind of dropped people into these boxes and warehouses with their same problems. And you just put them in a community of other people with other issues piled on top of their issues and, and things going on. And, and there's never really a real formal way to address um, some of the traumas that they have experienced that have put them in these situations, whether or not you were a child who had, um, you know, trauma growing up in your household or whether or not, you know, what you saw was um, your whole entire family being drug dealers or gangsters. And that's just what you know. And, you know, the, the list goes on in regards to that. But I think it's important that we identify that, Every single person who wants an opportunity to change can. Now, what that looks like for everybody may look a little bit differently. Um, but I think that we have to understand that it's a gradual process. You know, when I reached out to Coach Edwards, I knew that he was doing something amazing. Because even for myself, as some a victim of something, right, I have my own traumas that I have risen above and I have taken all these steps towards healing. Um, but every now and again, something will just poke a hole in my balloon. And I'll realize and remember that that trauma is still there and that I need to work to continuously work to um, heal myself from those situations. And it gets hard, especially in the black and brown community when nobody gives a Jimmy John Brown what you have struggled with. Nobody cares what you've been through. You become an adult. Okay. So you're grown now, get over it, you know? And so um, I think it's important to have people who are willing to love and care on complete strangers, as I've seen you do, uh, Rakaya. And I think it's important that we have professionals who are willing to help us um, through our traumas and have some professional insight, excuse me, and they understand. It's it's, it's nothing like when I, when I found out that Coach Edwards was a Black hypnotherapist, I was through the roof because I'm sick and tired of talking to people that don't look like me, um, mm -hmm. trying to get you to understand what it's like to live in the hood or to have my personal experience or it's just 
it's very hard to relate in a lot of different ways. And so I think that everybody is very important um, as it relates to this particular conversation, but especially to the point where I feel like so much, there's like a war in this country against black men. And to have a professional black man, Coach Edwards, out here willing to try and get in and deal with people's traumas and deal with people's pain. And you do the same, you know, Rakaya, but it's just on a different level. Um, and I think we all do, right? Um, we're all dealing with someone or something. But to take that on as a day-to-day -day profession, you know, I applaud you um, and, and I welcome you. <laughs> um, and anyone who wants to get in touch with Coach Edwards after this, please be sure and let us know because he, he does offer an amazing service um, for healing your trauma um, through hypnotherapy. But I, I just think it's just a necessary conversation that we have to start having in our communities, in our neighborhoods, as you say, know of thy neighbor. Um, Rakaya, um, with your programs that you have, and it's just a holistic approach to healing this entire thing. You know, it's a it's a blessing for me to be surrounded by so many powerful people, not powerful in nature, like I could strike you down, but powerful in mind and in action. Um, I can tell you just being around, you know, Minister Markell and his wife this weekend, you know, he's someone who has served some time and has now healed himself and he goes back to save those people in his distinctive neighborhoods and communities from having his same experiences. And that's really what it's gonna take. It is gonna take for us to reach back and try to do our part. Now we can't do everything, um, but it's definitely important that we start somewhere. Makini. Um, I, I wanna say thank you both for your service in the community and what you're doing. It is very much needed, especially in the youth. Uh, we have to kind of get them when they're young because it's a lot harder to train or to reverse some of the effects that uh, adults have been through with traumatic experiences. It's a lot harder. So I definitely appreciate both of you for what you're doing, especially Rakaya, you overcoming so much with dealing with your own son's death and the way that you handle that and showing the world how you can handle a situation differently. Um, I have never seen that before. So to watch it, I'm still kind of at loss of words, so I apologize. But I, I definitely appreciate both of you for coming on the show and sharing your information with us. Hold on, let me take it. I'm sorry. Here we go. I want to also salute both of you. Why? Because you are people who have decided in your own right from the traumas that you've been through to rise above that trauma, to bring light to people by having a conversation, a conversation that had to be had. And by looking at it, that's the first beginning of healing, mm -hmm. taking that action of understanding as Rashid so wonderfully, eloquently expressed it, of understanding that you've got trauma on top of trauma and you have to start first healing one at a time. Because mm -hmm. that's what I got from his talking, from what he had, 
had um, had been saying to us. Overall, it's looking at the trauma that you didn't come with, but that was placed upon you, imprinted upon you as a child and go forward. Some children didn't have it until they were seven years old and it started happening. Some at the age of one, molestation. And that in itself is a crime. Mm-hmm. All right, so I am on it. You, you ladies continue to do this conversation, it's needed. But what you've done is understand you're making us look at ourselves. And what I did in that video truly was in, was in inspiration from my heart what to do. And I just, I did it because I knew here is the right thing to do. That's trauma. What happened to those children and the mothers who had those children? Mm-hmm. Molestation, the 14 year old came from molestation, his mother. So instead of continuing the violence and vengeance, cut the card. Mm -hmm. Let's start loving each other. And it starts with you loving yourself. And I want our people to know we should be loving each other. We're not doing that. Absolutely. And can you both just take a minute to share how people can get in contact with you? Coach Edwards, start first. You can also do a little wrap up if you want. <laughs> okay. Um, so you can reach me at, um, my email is coach at mentalinfinity.com. Um, couple different websites, but Let's just give um, RashidEdwards.com. That's R-A-S-H-E-I-D, Edwards, E-D-W-A-R-D-S.com. There's a contact on that website, and uh, you can reach out to me there. As for me, as for the Musketeer Association, it is the musketeerassociation.net.com.org. You can reach us that way through the website. The uh, email address is one for all and all for the number one at hotmail.com. Simple. Um, best way is to <laughs> go, contact Lulu Cameron. This woman knows how to reach me, even if I was out in the middle of the Gulf somewhere, she would reach me. Um, (laughs) I can't go too far. Uh, The Musketeer Association on the Facebook page, like us on Facebook. You'll see one of my own, my personal, Rukaya Abdul-Mutakalim, reach me through that. Uh, The telephone number, I am not, I do not shy. You can text or call the number. 937-304-8854. You can text. Text is the best way to reach me right away. And then from there, we'll go. Well, all right then. (laughs) Y'all giving away all my secret accesses. Um, (laughs) I will definitely get it updated, get everyone updated with the information. Um, Also, uh, 
you know, if you guys are interested, Coach Edwards has a book called The Secret Commitment. And you can definitely find that on his website. Um, you can look it up and purchase that as well um, for anyone who is on their journey to healing and being great. So um, I thank you all for being a part of our show today. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure. The conversation, um, it's always good to have good conversation with great people. Um, and like you said, starting the conversation, starting to um, tinker and toy with people's minds, if, if you will, because that's what's important. A lot of times we don't think about things until they're put in front of us. And my hope is that we're able to change the hearts and minds of people who are in positions of power in this country in order to put us all in a better place at some day, shape or form. So you being here with us today um, takes us just a step closer um, as we share our platform with legislators and people all around this country, um, as well as being a part of a grassroots efforts, because those people who are closest to the problem are also closest to the solution. And that's something that we know to be true for sure. And Coach Edwards, I invite you to become a musketeer. And I shall join your your organization on the website that you said. It's just gonna take all of us working together. So please become a musketeer. Indeed. And just let us rise above this trauma as we're healing and help others do the same as one. Yes, Absolutely. most definitely. It's been a blessing. McKinney, did you have anything else? No, just thank you both for being on the show. This has been an amazing experience. I wish we actually had more time because I, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> ah, we can do a second one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, most definitely we'll be in touch um, if you guys want to hang around once we end. Um, thank you all for watching. This has been another episode of Second Chances. Mickey.